opportunity to hear your word, to sit in your presence, to worship you, to praise you, to release our praise, release our faith, release that which you have entrusted to us so that you can receive it as an offering and we can be blessed. So we honor you today, Lord. We lift you up and we magnify you and we thank you for all that you are doing. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen, amen, amen again. So uh, we're going to continue <clears throat> from yesterday's message about um, meditation. What do we call it? Meditation? Oh, yeah, meditation and transformation, right, transportation. <laughs> well, it could happen. You can be transported, amen. A lot of people in the Bible, which we're Bible creatures, honey. If you're reading the Word, you're a Bible person just like people in the Bible were. So praise God. Don't be shocked one day if it happens, amen, 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 amen. So I think Brother Oral Roberts said he, did he have a dream that he was in China or somewhere uh, ministering at somebody's church and, and then he got a thank you letter? You got it. <laughs> huh? Yeah, yeah, yep. They, you know, people have been transported. So, uh, don't think it's strange. Amen. Amen. So don't fear it either. And don't, Run around just looking for that all the time. Just, just obey God. Amen. Obey Him on a regular. Amen. And if it's for you, it'll happen. Amen. Amen. So we did uh, lay some groundwork yesterday, and we spoke about uh, the power of meditating on the Word, and uh, how important it is to take that Word uh, and and feast on it. Uh, to meditate really means to chew. Or to mutter, to, and, and really, when you, when you think about what we do with the word, you are really making it a part of yourself. Your mind has to digest it so that your spirit can receive it. Amen. And so when you meditate on a thing, you attempt to get understanding. We talked about how important that is to get understanding of God's word so that we can then, uh, um, allow it to become a part of us, uh, it, and it, we get faith for what we accept and what we receive and what we meditate on. And so your faith then begins to work in you to accomplish the things that God has for you. Amen? And so God wants us to let that faith carry us from glory to glory, from one experience in God to the next experience in God. You know, it, to, from one um, opportunity to the next opportunity so that we can be uh, assured that what God has for us is for us. Amen. And we can accomplish those things that God has set us in the earth to accomplish. Don't quit on your faith. You know, don't start something and say God told you to do it and then not get it done. Amen. So many things I can't tell you the people who have come up to me and said, God told me I'm going to do this and do that and the other. And, you know, you can count the ones that, that really accomplished what what they said. You know, people tend to quit way too uh, soon, way too frequently. Um, in, in it's It begins to be a, a 
an affliction with some people. Because in your mind, you got a history in your mind of unfinished projects, you know, um, just like the, uh, <laughs> crafters, uh, you know, women who, who do, do crafts. They, you know, if it's collecting fabric for quilts or yarn for projects and, and, uh, I think somebody said, well, we're just trying to see who has the most, the fastest left in the closet. You know what I'm saying? They have no projects, no finished projects to show for it, but they have a lot of unfinished things. And so God, you know, promises great reward to finishers, you know, those who run the race with patience, endure, and wind up in the end still faithful to God. And so, and when I say faithful, I mean having accomplished everything that he said you here to accomplish. Nothing left undone. So no closet with the extra yarn, the extra fabric, and a bunch of patterns and thread, and no, and all unfinished projects. Amen. And so I think it's a good policy to check in with God periodically and see how you're doing. Check your progress out with him. Amen. Instead of going to another thing and saying, God told me to do this now. Amen. Go back to some of that unfinished stuff. Amen. And, and understand that God, if he put in your heart to do, it's still, he's expecting you to do it. You just lost contact with what you were, uh, where you were and what you were accomplishing in him. And so there is a lot of room, I think, in us for improvement. There's a lot of room for uh, uh, understanding and, and incorporating the word into our hearts and, and doing the word, fulfilling the word, th- that kind of stuff. So when we when we start doing that, then we can can understand that God wants us to really be finishers and accomplishers. Amen. Amen. He really, really does. Praise God. Praise God. Miss Tina, I have a word for you, but you can sit there. I was going to, the guys, they're not outside right now. It's a fella short. So thank you, Lord. You know, the Lord is telling me to tell you, you have great compassion for people. You have great compassion. And the Lord is saying, that's going to propel you everywhere that I want you to go. Is what the Lord's saying. He said, your compassion, not power, not anointing. He said, compassion is your gift. He said, you have patience to deal with people. You have patience to encourage all kinds of people, says the Lord. And he says, that's a gift that's going to propel you. So don't ever overlook it as important. Don't double think it. Don't judge it. But God said, I put that in you. He said, because I've got a lot of people out here working for me. He said, but I'll have to tell them, depart from me. I never knew you. Those who know me have compassion. Amen? All right, sweetheart. Okay, praise God. Amen. So we we have to work with what God gives us. Amen? And trust me, what he gives you is excellent. I don't care who you are. What he gives you is excellent because it comes from him. And God needs all kinds of people in the body to do all kinds of jobs for him. And so when we we think about that and we understand that, I think we'll kind of relax 
and and take heart and understand what God is doing in our midst and and it comes because we're able to get understanding we're able to study we're able to meditate things out we're able to embrace what God is saying to us so that we can be changed the first thing the word does for us is transforms us the bible says for to not be conformed to this world we're not to stay the same way. Amen. And, and we are to be transformed through the process of renewing our minds. So what that means is to uh, tap into and yield to the thoughts that come from the Holy Spirit. That is the mind of Christ. That is our inheritance. That is what God has provided for us so that we can accomplish what he has set out for us to accomplish while we're in this earth. And so when we understand that, that, you know, that meditation begins to change us into, we kind of like morph into the person that God intends us to be. And it is a process of, uh, getting new thoughts in, kingdom thoughts, thoughts that have to do not with us, but with others. With God and with others, uh, there, there's very little that that we need to be renewed to about us except our identity. See, we don't need to sit up and and meditate on money scriptures all day long so we can believe God for money. Go get a job and and stay on it. And you understand what I'm saying? Money will come. This ain't hard. You know, this doesn't take twelve tapes and and eighteen hours of of coaching you know, your mind, uh, it just takes the basics and understand that as you're faithful, God will be faithful to you. As you expect more, God will give you more. And that, that has to do with your mind renewing much more than it does with anything else. You gotta renew your mind to the things of God and renew it with the word and, and do it at God's pace. Sometimes God just needs workers. He needs laborers. He don't need money. You know, people Try to justify talking about money all the time. You need money to preach the gospel. Well, you better be getting enough and start preaching it. You understand what I'm saying? See, if you out there doing God's work, trust me, somebody will will uh, finance you, and God will see to it that you have. There's there's no such thing as we can't do this for lack of money. You your lack is faith because you're not trusting God to bring it to you. Don't you dare accuse God of not supplying your need. You understand what I'm saying? They just, you know, I think there are people that want to do things and want to do a lot of things. And maybe they don't have the resources right now. But if they stay faithful, God will bring the resources at the right time. Amen. He knows how to supply all of our needs. If we'll trust him to do that. Is there something wrong with the thing? Praise God. Can you all hear me out there? All right. It's kind of bouncing a little bit, huh? Praise God. So so God wants to be able to supply us with all things. Amen. And he is able to. We just have to believe him for that. See, we have to believe him for that. You know, people have, have posted or, or positioned so many theories about the gospel. You know, oh, oh, okay, we need you to tithe and make offerings so we can get enough money to preach the gospel around the world. So people start doing that. Now it's a wealth transfer. 
we need you to believe for that so we can get enough money to preach the gospel around. Well, the people who are always, always singing about we don't have enough will always sing we don't have enough. So just get up from there and go find somebody with faith to sit under. You got me? You're wasting your time with the the naysayers and the doubters and the unbelievers. Amen. You want to get somebody with faith. And I tell you one thing. If you preach the gospel in demonstration and power of the Holy Spirit, people will come. Money will come. Everything will come. Amen. 120 people started the church. And I never saw anybody say we don't have enough money to. In fact, the people who were stingy dropped dead in the church because they tried to keep some of their money. So there was such a flow of wealth into the hands of those people that people actually sold their property and everything they had and brought it in and trusted the man and the woman of God to spend it right. Wasn't standing over their shoulder watching everything. Or calling CNN or somebody and reporting somebody for not managing the finances right. We They had excellent church management and they had no mass media to rat on somebody or try and malign them or give them a bad reputation. You got me? They did everything God told them to do. And they believed God for full supply. And they, they always had what was needed. Amen. Because they wouldn't dare rebuke the word like that and say we can't do it because. Amen. There's no such thing as you can't do it. Just get out and start doing it. Amen. Get out with what you got and dedicate it to God and start doing what you need to have done. Amen. And so when we understand that, when we we understand these just basic things about the gospel, about God, and about our our transition or transformation, from carnal-minded people to spiritually-minded people. We need to seek to be spiritually-minded people, people who can hear from God all the time, people who can who have access to understanding and knowledge from God. You You don't have to not do something because you're not sure what God thinks about it. You know, with people of faith, it's full steam ahead. But people that have their minds are renewed to what they're supposed to do, they're on full power all the time. What many of them lack sometimes is help to get some of the work done. You know, you might need a few saints here and there. But if you stay faithful, God will bring you people. You ask God for people, he'll bring you people. You understand what I'm saying? There is no lack. Amen. I was thinking about that that uh parable where... um Jesus had told a parable about the three uh, hired workers. They hired one in the uh, at early in the morning and gave him so much money for the day's wages. Then he met somebody at noon and and hired them on for the same amount. Then there was somebody at the the eleventh hour he hired for for the same amount. And when they both all came in to get paid. The two early ones were grumbling. Well, we worked all in the heat of the day. And, and, and the guy who was hired at the 11th hour, when when uh, the Lord approached him, he asked him, he said, well, where, 
why are you standing here all day long? What happened to you? And he said, no man would hire me. See, we're never at a lack, really, for people who want to work for God. What we got to do is connect them with it. And I guarantee it's because the men that need help aren't praying for it. They're whining. They're complaining. They're on Facebook talking about it. They're doing everything but seeking God. Because there are people willing and able and wanting to help in the work of the gospel. But we don't know how to locate those people. See, if you, if you, if you can, can specialize in being a people locator, get your mind renewed to whatever is necessary, God must provide it. If he tells you he's promising you success, if there are things necessary, God must provide those things for you. Amen? And so many times we miss the connection with, with where we're going, what we're doing, Amen. I was thinking about a, a testimony I, I heard. I think, I forget who it was. Somebody like Dick Bernal, you know, somebody, it's kind of wise. He's a good church builder. He's a good pastor, but he, he knew how to motivate people, gather people together. He had a pretty large congregation. And he said, he said, the problem with churches this size, he says, and we have a lot, he says, is we have a lot of gifts, uh, um, harnessed here when we need to release them to the church down the street that's just getting started. But see, many people don't give pastors that kind of freedom in their lives. If they tell you to go down and help the guy down the street, you get rejected. You say, what you mean? You can't tell me where you can make me lead a church. You know, I pay my tithe. I got a right to be here. You know, all that kind of stuff. (laughs) And see, somebody missed God's direction. So he's got a lot of frustrated people sitting on a pew because there's no more jobs for them to do there. But the guy down the street is really too small for them. I'm called to bigger things, you know. Yeah, just to sit and be a mushroom, I guess, if that's what you think serving God is. But see, we have to renew our minds to the, the fact that we belong to God, that we are a part of a great body of believers. Amen. There is a place where we're all assigned, where God will teach us and cause us to grow and cause us to develop and all that. But don't get the the wandering eyeballs thinking there's greener grass somewhere for you. You understand what I'm saying? Until you've, you've fulfilled everything here, you some people don't even eat the grass where they're at. They're always, no, they don't. They're always looking for something else. Amen. They just, as they got eyeballs everywhere trying to get this and trying to get that, just curious and wondering. Well, in your curiosity curiosity and wondering, you know, you're you're missing focusing on what God has before you. Amen? And you just are. And so if we can understand that and understand God knows what he's doing, he's perfect in all of his ways. He has perfectly assigned each and every individual to a place where he wants them to be. You know, I feel bad for people sometimes that don't get that. Amen. They'll go and not go to church and use some offense 20 years ago as a reason for never darkening the door. Amen. I said to myself, that don't stop you from, from chatting with men on Facebook. You had a lot of guys dump you. 
and I know why. I dump you too. Well, stop you for trying to find you somebody. You know, they'd even stay in church long enough to find out how the kingdom works. To know you don't, if you're a woman, you don't find nobody, they find you. And everybody ain't waiting on Boaz, cause that's just one name. Everybody, you know, that's, hey, that's just one man. And he dead already been taken. I mean, come on, give me. John or Peter. That wore that Boaz out. Man. <laughs> so when the Bible tells us, Second Timothy 2.15 tells us, study to show ourselves approved unto God. Not man, but God. Amen. Show yourself approved unto God. Then you will be a workman who has no reason to feel shame about what he's doing in God's kingdom. Amen? Because you're dividing the word of truth rightly. Amen? So there's a right dividing and a wrong dividing. Amen? So when you divide the word rightly, it will bear good fruit in your life. It'll be, you'll be able to see that this, this that I understand about God is right because it's working. Amen. It's working in every aspect and every area of my life. Amen. And all you're getting, get understanding. We're transformed by understanding. Amen. You can, you can only do so much for God without understanding. It's called religion. And when you have religion, you're void of understanding. Amen. And so you, you have to get understanding of God's word. That's why we gather under ministry gifts. You know, ministry gifts, teachers are supposed to bring you understanding. Prophets bring you revelation, all that kind of stuff. You know, and, and it, it, understanding is something that, that if God gives it to you, it's worth more than gold in your life. It's worth more than gold. You have to humble yourself to get understanding. You have to relinquish all your knowledge, all your ability, all your this, all your that, you know, and, and let God take you through and show you what he wants to show you. Not what you think you want to know, but what he wants to show you. And so once you, you get on that trail of, of seeking, Wisdom, seeking knowledge, seeking understanding from God. Always be open to it. We we're talking about the word seek yesterday. It really means to, to sojourn. It means to, you're on a quest. You're on a, a journey. And, and you're never off the journey. You're always traveling with God. You're always seeking, uh, knowledge, understanding, Sometimes you're just seeking whatever God has for you. You know, you don't have to really just ask him for something in particular. You can be a seeker of whatever it is that God has provided for you at this juncture at this time. And so seekers are open to what God has. To seek also means to bulge or to swell. That means when you seek, you're expecting to grow. You're expecting to get greater. 
You're expecting to get more powerful, more understanding, more knowledge. Be more useful to God. Amen. The anointing that God places on his people is to produce certain results in the the lives of people who have a need. It's it's really not for us to brag on. It's not for us to to parade around other people or or kind of take some kind of credit like we've accomplished something or we have arrived you know uh, it, any more than than your computer at your job will make you a, a big deal cuz everybody's got one see what i'm saying so your anointing is your spiritual equipment just like a computer at your job would be your your equipment for the job and so when god places that in your life he places it there for a reason and it's because you have a desire to obey him and he wants you, he put that desire there for you to help people. It's not for you, it's for others. Amen. And so when that, when you, when you give or when you, uh, seek God for a power and seek him for ability to do more and to help more and so forth and so on, that is the most selfless thing you can do. Because it's not going to benefit you one bit, amen, other than putting you in a position to be used by God, amen. The anointing, that's why you see a lot of times ministers with healing ministries have sickness they can't get rid of real fast. Because they have so focused on the needs of others for that power to come and they're being used that way. And sometimes they just kind of ignore their their own physical man or their own well you have to have a balance in that and i'm not saying that you can't live in that place that you must live like that if you're anointed to heal or something like that but it's so common for people to kind of like well okay this is hurting right now just you know whatever instead of addressing it amen because it's good to address that because you got to stay healthy for you to be able to help other people and so a lot of times we'll find uh, ministers can do that with many things in their lives, you know, family life, whatever, finances, whatever. You know, it's easy to let that slip because it's we're so outward directed sometimes in in what we desire from God. But God has it, it's it's through your personal relationship with God that He will keep you healthy as well. He will keep your family relationships healthy as well. There is health that comes to us on a daily basis through meditation and study of the Word. So God will not leave us as vessels empty and and weak and vulnerable simply because we're working for Him. You know, the faith that you use to help others, you can use to help yourself. Amen. Yeah, I remember God telling me one time, and, and I was uh, talking to him about something. It was a symptom that didn't move. He said, you ever thought about laying hands on yourself? I said, you know what? <laughs> Good idea. Amen. Yeah. So, you know, duh. But but sometimes we do have to be reminded of just simple things like that. You know, the the wisdom that comes with meditating on the word is is unmatched by any wisdom you can get. So understanding, not repetition, is the key to faith. Sometimes we think 
hearing and hearing and hearing the word or confessing, confessing, confessing. But now you got to meditate until you get understanding about what you're confessing. And so we said yesterday, if faith were merely a matter of confessing and repetition, then a robot could have faith. Amen. If faith were merely a matter of copying movements and, and voice inflection and so forth, then a machine could have faith. But see, faith is of the heart. And so, and of the spirit, heart or spirit, whichever word you want to use. But when we acquire faith or we obtain faith, it's stored in our hearts. What's in your heart is hard to move out unless other things enter in and shove it around so it's not useful for you. Amen. that's why the enemy uses disappointment with us and discouragement. So when a discouragement, say for instance, you, you're believing God for health and, and it doesn't happen in a set time or a timely manner or it, it hasn't happened as yet. See the full manifestation of it. You have it by faith. Amen. Always know that you have, once you believe that word, you have it. You've received it by faith. Amen. What you're wanting now is for your faith to complete the job so that in the natural realm, it'll start to materialize in a greater way. Amen. And so when we, when we think about that, what we're doing is allowing the word of God to come into us and complete the job. When that happens, nobody knows but God. Amen. And so, uh, but in the meantime, we can let things bother us about it. Amen. And we've all been there. Your mind will wander or the enemy will come up to you and say, ooh, it's taking a long time. That ain't coming because you didn't really believe. You ain't got no faith. Oh, ye of little faith. You know, he quotes some scripture to you. You know what I'm saying? And, and so when we, when we start down that road, you have to quick in a hurry, turn yourself around because disappointment is, is easy to creep in and settle in, in your heart where the word is stored. Amen. Like the, the parable of the, the, uh, seed that was sown. Amen. The, 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 uh, deceitfulness of riches came in and choked the word. Other things creeping in choked the word. Disappointment came in and choked the word so that it did not produce what it was supposed to produce. That's why Proverbs 4.20 tells us to meditate on the word. Amen. And, and don't let it depart from our eyes. Keep it in the midst of our heart. Because that's, that's your medicine. And then in the same breath, it says, guard that. Guard your heart diligently, with all diligence. Amen? Uh, you know, just whatever you got to do to do to keep it in there, do that, is what it means. And so you've got to watch diligently what you allow attitudes creeping in and, and uh, disgruntlement and you should have this by now. Who said so? You should have, you know, only a thief would tell you something like that. God don't tell you nothing like that. Because God feels like it's a blessing whenever it gets there. 
You understand what he said? I call it a blessing. It's still a blessing. Huh? You talking about how much time and you should have it by now? Only a thief would tell you something like that. And he going to show you a way to go get it fast, too. Trust me. Amen? Or give up on it. Find you, lead you down a blind alley. And you give up on it because you don't, you've lost track of it now. Amen. And so we, we have to guard our hearts. That's, that's the most important part about you is what's in your heart. Amen. Watch what you get excited about. Especially the counter, I call it counterfeit spiritual stuff. Amen. <laughs> it's a lot of counterfeit out there. So you have to guard your heart that you don't feast and feed on stuff. You know, because a lot of times people don't pay attention to it's tickling their flesh or it's appealing to a side of them that needs to be dead. See, stuff, you know, the enemy's trying to keep stuff alive in there that we should have killed first day we got saved. Amen? Oh, definitely. See, you can put to death the flesh once and for all. And then all you have to do after that is be vigilant to meditate on the word and not let it kick up and try to gain access for you. See what I'm saying? And so many times we we feed on things that we should not feed on. Amen? Everybody wants to be wonderful. Huh? All the teachings that tell you, you know, God put you here for greatness. You are greater than you think you are. And I'm thinking, huh? I'm doing all I can to keep up with my scriptures every day. You know, I, you know, Mr. Mr. Man, I ain't really in the, in the, the, uh, mood for great right now. I'm just trying to keep up with the master. Amen. So I won't have any lack in my life. You know, we put that off for another day, but, but vague kinds of terms like that have a tendency to feed the flesh especially if you don't feel too good about yourself that's who it's geared for folks come on now now I ain't the only one in here that's done figured that out y'all be over there with fix my life lady and she can't fix nothing Huh? <laughs> You'd be on the scrap heap real quick. <laughs> but, but you have to you see in guarding your heart, you know, you like wonder woman, you know, and, and stay off the internet so much, you know, surfing around. Just go on there for the stuff you really need and come on off of there, you know, cause that's, it's a big temptation to just go surfing around to see what's on there. Amen. Amen. Just cause they got a pulpit in the front of them don't mean that's for you. Huh? True that. Absolutely true. You know, so, so we, and at all times the Bible says the Lord is my shepherd. I will have no lack. See, if you follow the Lord, you'll never lack anything, but you get off on one of them side streets and Picking up this doctrine and that doctrine, this new thing and that new thing. You see what I'm saying? Because there's new things all the time, you know, being thrown at God's people to see if they'll pick it up. 
And so you have to learn how to stick with what is for you and discern what is for you and know what is for you and what is not for you. Amen. So it's sometimes people get stuck down that road and don't know how to get off of it. Huh? You need deliverance. There are a lot of people that have wrong ideas and they get creep into their heart and push the word out. They start pushing truth out of your heart. And and there you are stuck believing something that you don't know how to get rid of. You need to come to the altar and say, you know what, Lord, this is too big for me right here. Okay. Lester Sumrall said that, that God gave him, he said he wasn't sure it was God that told him, but a word of knowledge, he was preaching at a church, had an altar call, and he told him there was a woman there that had uh, started watching pornography. And he said, the devil told you that you needed this so that you could help young people, youth. And she got stuck with a demon that drove her night and day, a lust devil. He said, if you come up now and repent, God will deliver you. And that woman came up there, and God cast that, he cast that devil out of her. That was the only way she was going to get free. You understand what I'm saying? You could try to shake it off, but see what God has, has probably done is told her, warned her many times, don't go in there. Yeah. See, when the God says don't partake of something, you better turn around and not partake and keep it moving. Amen. And so, so you know, we, we really do have to be careful about things of that nature. Amen. But the word is always there to rescue us. Meditating on the word will help us to to free ourselves. It will feed us. It will strengthen us. And it will equip us to every good work. And it will also heal us. And so we talked uh, yesterday about one of the examples that we had. It was the centurion who had a servant. His servant was sick at his home. He sent some religious leaders to Jesus to ask him if he would heal his servant. And Jesus was on his way to his home, and this man protested and said, I am not worthy for you to come under my roof. Amen. Um, now, it's interesting, the difference between spiritual people and religious people the religious crowd took off immediately to go and tell Jesus to come to this man's house. You got to come here because this man, you know, he's, he's important. He paid for the synagogue. So that makes him worthy for you to come under his roof. The centurion was more spiritual than the Pharisees. Because he knew he wasn't. And he said, if this man does things because he thinks we're worthy, I'm sunk. He said, I'm going to never get anything. He said, so let me confess that I'm not worthy to him and get that out of the way. But let him know I still believe he'll do it. I still believe he'll get my servant healed. Because I understand authority. See, it's sometimes it's just the simple things you understand about life that will have you come to the right conclusion about getting what you need from God. Sometimes it's just simple things. 
It's, it's kind of like everyday things. Um, it's, it's sometimes your occupation. Would you come in contact? God's not going to make it hard for us. He brings it onto our plane where we can see it, we can understand. The reason there's so many stories and parables about seed sowing, because that's what people did for a living. So God was able to relate. Now, see, it's hard for us sometimes because we ain't seen a seed and I don't know when. You understand what I'm saying? Um and we don't plant much. And we, but we can understand the concept. So God is going to have to bring it to us in our kind of language so that we can get the concept right. But the seed principle still holds. That's kind of a universal principle that anybody can relate to. But he, he used it because there were so many farmers there. And farming was a very important part of why they were, were able to live and make a living. And so he, he parabled the seed because that's what the word is and the word will make a good living for you if you'll cultivate it like, like you would a garden. Amen. If you'll treat it like you would something important that's going to provide for you, it's going to nourish you, it's going to take care of you, all of that, the word does all of that. If you will take it seriously, nourish it in your heart, hide it in your heart, keep yourself full of the word, don't let the word diminish on you. None of that kind of stuff. You, you've got to keep yourself strong in God's word. And so the centurion was able to figure out that just because Jesus was under the authority of somebody who was not an average man, he saw Jesus as a man, a human just like he was, but there was somebody working through him and working over him that had a greater power than he did. So he can relate to that, being subject to Caesar, being employee of Caesar's. He says, I'm a man set under authority. See, he watched Jesus and made sure that his authority worked all the time. Amen? See, when you're set under authority, your authority works all the time. When you're back and forth under authority, you get that. You know, these people say, well, you know, I, um, I, I was in a meeting, uh, X number of years ago and God used me to, to pray for somebody and he healed them and, and they haven't done it since. You understand what I'm saying? It's, it, it it's, they were set under authority and they moved. See, many of us have had great faith supernatural experiences in God. But we look back and we say they're too few and too far between. Amen? So we need to understand more about how to be set under authority. Because this man, he said, they set me in a position to be able to rule over and organize and cause to be productive other people. He said, and I say to this one, go, and he goes. I tell this one to do it. He do it, does it, without fail. So the authority that, that, that I'm under is sure authority. It's, it's, it, it never fails authority. And so he looked at Jesus the same way. His authority never fails. His power never fails. So he's set under that. Amen. 
He wasn't like the Pharisees. If you think this man didn't know what went on in the synagogue, think again. He knew the difference between Jesus and the ones that ran the temple. Amen. He maybe saw them do things right and then behind somebody's back they were doing something else. They're not set under authority. See, it's your setting. Where are you positioned permanently that makes all the difference with God? Because people who are, uh, or they call them summer soldiers and sunshine patriots, when things are going well, they love God, they worship God, they can even do a miracle here and there. But if they're not set in that position continually, they won't be able to do what God wants them to do continually. They'll have a periodic hallelujah or a periodic uh, healing or a periodic prayer that gets answered. Amen. But if they're not set, they won't get the full of what God has for them. So he doesn't intend for us to get under authority and then move or get a one-time miracle or healing for somebody and then never do it again. He wants us, when when God uses you, you need to go home and, and get quiet and say, God, I give you all the glory for that. And I'm going to be honest, I don't know how it happened. I don't know why you chose me, but I, under, I enjoyed what you had me do, and I want that to be a permanent thing in my life. You have to give the glory. That's how you give the glory to God. You give him credit for it in the secret place. Give it back to him. But what many people do is they pop the collar. Huh? Go off feeling big, feeling important. Be careful when what you do with somebody else's goods makes you feel important. You're what's called a thief right there. See, we understand too little. And trying to do too much with too little understanding. Understanding is extremely important. I was sharing that with somebody. They were having some negative experiences. Um, uh, and they felt God was using them, but there was too much fallout about it. And I explained to them, I said, I'm going to tell you something that, that you don't quite understand. You need to go back and get some understanding from God about how these things work. I said, but one thing I can tell you is the anointing is not your power to use anywhere you want to use it. Let's say it again. The anointing is not your power to use anywhere you want to use it. So we need to act like that. Amen. So we can say amen. But in your fantasies about what you're doing from God, for God, keep that in mind. Amen. That anointing is God's property. It's reserved to be used when and where God says to use it. And it's not for you to take it off and go. I mean, I mean, even if you're ordained and set in office and all this and all that, you've got to find out where he wants you to be. The number of missionaries that go off to foreign countries because they feel God's telling them to go and then get sick and die there or never return home or return home with some sickness they can't get rid of is innumerable. 
huh? And you might wonder why. And and one of the things I can can tell you is that they're they've been anointed by God to work for Him, but they're in the wrong place at the right time and the right. You know, we have to. It's good to have zeal, but have it with knowledge. Amen. You just can't be a zealous person. And you know, I've heard people say, well, every open door is God. Really? Here's one that leads off a ledge. You want to go through that one too? Huh? And so we, we have to be ever respectful of these things. Amen. You have to be ever, um, I guess vigilant or whatever. Listen, your, your wonderful talents are not being wasted in the place where you are. I'm going to say it again. And you on the internet, your wonderful talents are not being wasted where you are. See, we get this, I'm called to bigger things. I'm called to do that. Well, just respond to the call, but then the door has to be open at the time. You don't know where that is. But until then, be small. Huh? Be big inside and be small with your crowd. Be big inside and be small with whatever. But always maintain small. Oral Roberts' mother, they said she wasn't even five feet tall, a little short lady. She would jack him up all the time. Oral Roberts, you come here. Don't you ever start getting bigger than you. Because you know? she saw how God was using him. She warned him all the time not to get too big. Amen. And and he was able to accomplish many great things. He was a trail. He took a lot of heat for it. You know, you wonder how somebody could just plow through. Well, it must have been he took something, some advice from his mother. He saw himself as small. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and so we we have to carry that with us. We have to carry a great respect for what God's doing. The respect for his anointing. A respect for his... um his power, what he's doing in the earth, and understand our place there. You know, you we've all got a part in this great thing that we do for God. Amen? Everybody has a part. You know, uh, sometimes we get critical of people in the world um, because they'll, they'll do some things that, uh, you know, we feel like this is the church's job. You ever get like that? You see people doing things like um, having prayer meetings and they don't pray in tongues or, you know, whatever your flavor is, you know, whatever rankles you today that you think is, <coughs> seriously, how serious could you be about your prayer? You know, that kind of stuff and haughtiness and all of that. And I was thinking to myself, I said, Lord... <laughs> Get that out of me. I'm telling on myself. Get that out of me. You know, and and uh, and it's just amazing sometimes the things that God will do with His Word, and and how it will affect people. I was looking at um, a, uh, a video I happened upon, and I looked at the title of it. I said, "Really?" And there was a an actor. Um, uh, he was in. Trying to think where he was. It was some kind of one of these really large cathedrals in England, you know, a real ornate place. And the pulpit was up like a flight of 20 stairs. I said, well, I ain't the girl for the job number one, you know. 
by the time I get up there, I'm out of breath. And so the announcer was telling the people, he said, we have Mr. David Suchet here. And I said, oh, I like him. He used to pray in all these Agatha Christie things I watched on television. And he was a good actor. I enjoyed what he did. And um, he had an encounter with God where Jesus Christ, he made Jesus Christ his Savior. And he's going to uh, favor us today and bless us with a reading of the Gospel of Mark he said, all the way through, nonstop, and it takes two hours. Now, if I told y'all that, y'all would be over there in the why. If I don't get to the point in ten minutes, you understand what I'm saying? It'd be one devil leaving, two devils leaving, three devils. And I haven't finished. I started listening to it. Wonderful. I mean, it's just beautiful the way, and he didn't seem tired, and he didn't seem you know, it, he was just animated and telling the story like he knew what was going on. And and I thought to myself, man, look at that, God. He ain't even a preacher and he got your word. How'd you give him your You don't understand what I'm saying. But I, I had to slap myself back and understand what God was doing there. And I remember that many years ago, another minister shared a testimony that she had heard that there was another actor who wanted to do a play based on one of the Gospels. And the Gospel that he felt included everything that was important to know about the ministry of Jesus was the Gospel of Mark. And Mark ends with, and these signs shall follow those. And, and he kept as much intact scripture in that play as he could. And every night they always ended with reading, and these signs shall follow those who believe. And he said that it never failed. They would have people come up there after and go to the ushers. You know, I was healed when he read that scripture. They had healings. She, like Jesus, told told Paul, he said, I got a lot of people in the city. I got much people just think because our little group ain't doing it. We don't know. Don't think it ain't getting done, honey, because Jesus is the head of the church. But it really blessed me. And I thought to myself, I wonder how many people are sitting there listening to him read the whole. And they were just, there was a pin drop. You know, I mean, (laughs) we preachers got to slap each other, slap everybody, (laughs) beat each other, get in shape. But I thought, well, God, you just go ahead and be God. Amen. I I worship you and thank you for that, Lord, because you are bearing fruit in places. We couldn't get to some of those people. Church people couldn't get to some of those people, but God can. Amen. So, so, you know, our faith has to trust God that he knows what he's doing. He'll get his gospel where he needs to get his gospel. Trust me. Amen. So, so that was the centurion. His servant was healed. Because he believed in Jesus' words. Amen. He believed his word was powerful enough. He said, just speak the word. Don't come to my house. I got too much explaining to do. If you if you go running up in there, you will be shocked. You know, I guess he said, I, I don't feel worthy. And if he come in my house, I know I ain't. And he'll know I'm not worthy. But But it wasn't about worthy with Jesus. It's always a matter of faith. And this centurion figured it out. If you figure out faith and you figure out how to present what you need 
at the altar of God, you will get the results of God. And don't go home without it. Amen? Don't quit on it. Don't let the enemy talk you out of standing on what God has promised you. We're all healings in the works. Amen? We're all working on something. We're, we get, you know, we're being healed every day. Every day that you meditate on the word, healing is coming into your body. It's coming into your soul. If it gets in your soul and renews your mind, it will have an effect on your body. Amen? There have been so many people healed just from from uh, speaking the word, sometimes needs for other people. Now, Pat Robertson used to have a young lady that would come on there and give her testimony. She uh, uh, came down with MS at the age of like 19 or 20 or something. She is a Christian, and so the the pastors decided to include her in their prayer team because she couldn't get to church after she got really broke down with him, was bedridden. She couldn't get to church, but she kept praying her prayers. She said, I, they give me a little pieces of paper and put the names on them and what they needed. And she said, after a period of time, I noticed my leg straightened out where it had no feeling before the feeling started. And she said, I just started to work my leg to make sure I was feeling something. And pretty soon all my limbs stretched out at one time. And she got up out the bed healed. Amen. Amen. And so that word will heal you, especially if you're not carrying around a lot of doubt. She probably got distracted by desiring somebody else's miracle, and God let that word manifest in her. See, if you hear it, it's prospering your soul. Your soul is prospering. Amen. You think you don't have to direct it at yourself, but it'll prosper your soul. You can't help but be healed. If you get your mind in the right place and, and get your heart full of the word. And so, so God had makes it easy for us. He wouldn't dare leave that woman. She faithful and praying for other people. He wouldn't dare leave her in the bed. Amen. He, he'd fulfill what she wanted. Amen. In Matthew 15, this is the woman uh, with the devil possessed daughter. Matthew 15 verse 21. Uh, it says in 22, he says, Behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and and was talking to him and, and, and saying, uh, uh, telling him, telling Jesus what to do, you know, send her away or let us send her away because she's bugging us. Amen. Now, this is the attitude. The Jews look down their noses at the Canaanites. Amen. So they're going to treat her rough. She's not worthy and they let her know it. But in the fact that Jesus didn't say anything, they assumed he was, it was okay for them to treat her bad. Amen. But it was not. See, there are many times we do things under the unction of God that look one way, but they're actually something else. They might look mean, or they might look flamboyant, or they might look showy-offy. You understand what I'm saying? Is it, well, you know what I'm talking about, so... We don't need to go into any detail on that. But but it's easy for carnality to misunderstand the spiritual. 
It's easy for that to happen. See, many times when, when I minister to people, God tells me, don't touch them, keep a distance away. Number one, if I got any closer, I'd fall too sometimes. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, just seriously. And so it's, it, and I've checked that out with God enough times to understand. And then the other thing too is you got to get in gear, get your mind in gear in receiving from God and not always with a physical touch from man. Cause sometimes we just get in that and it's not a, it's not a problem. It's not a big deal. I'm just telling you this to teach you certain things. But, but many times we, our point of contact is the physical touch. And sometimes God wants us to, to let Him minister to us in a new and a different way. If there wasn't enough power without the touch, you know, I would touch people. You know, because I try to stay engaged in what God is telling me to do at all times. But, but it, it doesn't, it's not enhanced any by the touch. That check that out with God. But what people need to do is learn how to receive. Because the time is going to come when people get healed just walking through the door. In fact, you can even at times now. You understand what I'm saying? And so we're all going to have to learn how to deal with what God is doing in his power and the way he's doing it. But I'm telling you, there are many different ways that that power can manifest on people if they'll learn how to take advantage of how God's moving in that. Now, unless he tells you to do things that way, you lay hands on people because it is proper to lay hands on people. But but because this is a a teaching ministry, there are going to be some things that we'll do just to demonstrate and and we'll have to hold on to God and, and ask God to help us make sense of things. You know, what you're looking at is the end result. Did people get healed? Did they get touched? Get, did they get blessed? Amen. And and we're going to start looking for some of the old things that we put away that haven't manifested yet to start manifesting in God's presence. Amen. And so I'm just asking God always to stir up what it is that they need to put their faith on so that when the power is released to them, they can get benefit of it mixed with faith. You're always blessed by it. Don't get me wrong. Because if the power of God knocks you out, you wake up a whole lot better than you were before you went down there. It it changes you. And sometimes that's what you're looking for. But also, too, you can start looking for some of those things that have not been answered in a while, that have been kind of dormant. Sometimes you need revelation, understanding, things like that that will transpire in your soul as a result of that anointing. It fixes everything. Amen. It just fixes everything. And so we have to understand that about God and how he's doing things. So here we see the disciples of Jesus in the flesh want to treat this woman wrong because she's not a Jew. She's a Canaanite. And, but he answered not a word. And, but he did say to her after the, 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 the ushers got finished cutting up, he says, I'm only sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Amen. Which was true, he was sent to his own, but that didn't mean he was limited. See, he sent to his own to fulfill prophecy. He had to go to them first. But on the way for them receiving, anybody else who had faith could receive too. Amen? 
you ever been to a, a meeting at, at somebody else's church and God met you there and did something wonderful for you? Yeah, yeah that's why you invite people to yours so that he can meet. Well, you were sent to that as your church, but you know what? You can, God will meet you other places if you want. He can send you there too. And so, and when, it, then she came to worship him saying, Lord, help me. And he said, it's not me to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. She said, yeah, that's true. She said, but the dogs get to eat from the crumbs of their master's table. In other words, she's going over his head. You got me? She like, I heard from, you ever heard people say stuff like, I know God don't love her more than he loved me. See, that's a revelation where the enemy's trying to exclude them, but they include themselves because they see God's no respect or persons. Amen. Amen. So she, she, she lets Jesus know, I know somebody bigger than you is helping you do what you do. And he's the one who sets the table and calls the shots. So if you don't want to help me because I ain't good enough, I'll go over your head. Your daddy said I could have it. Uh, or he said the dogs eat from the crumbs of the master's table. And then he answered and said, hey, you cut my gum, sister. Huh? <laughs> I'm scared of you. He said, yeah, okay, well, great is your faith. He said, for this saying, for what you just told me and put me in my place, uh, you can have it. Amen. So the daughter was made whole at that very hour. Now, what does this have to do with meditating on the word? Whenever you start to meditate on something that you lack, say, for instance, you got symptoms in your body. They hung a diagnosis on you already. There will be ideas that come to you that will tell you you can't have it. And that's what is happening here. See, this lady is meditating. Every time Jesus gives her a no answer, she something pops up in her mind and tells her, uh-uh, that ain't, don't take that. Don't receive that. Don't accept that. It's the same thing with what happens to us. Whenever we set out to receive healing, whatever it is from God, there will be voices or there will be attitudes within us that tell us it's not for us. Our biggest enemy sometimes can be time. It, in, 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 if you take him off the table at the beginning and you say, God, I don't care how long it takes. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? We don't like to say that. And why not? You either think time is your enemy or God's your enemy. And both of them are sinful thoughts. They're both carnal thoughts. Time is never your enemy, and God is not your enemy. Amen? Time is given to serve you. God gave us time as our servant, not as our master. Anytime you let time master you, you're on the wrong road. You you need to get peace about, you know, whatever. You know, I, I know mothers that have small children. You know, they rush through everything. You know, and sometimes you need to go unwind yourself, you know, not with a glass of wine, a little drunk. Stop it. I felt that. 
But, you know, you just get yourself a scripture and go sit in a corner until peace comes to you. Amen? Because you're not in a hurry. You're not in a rush. You can make some grave mistakes letting the enemy push you around like that. So always allow yourself, you know, God, I know you're going to get me there. I know when I get there, everything will be in peace. I'm I'm not going to miss out on anything important. Amen? Sometimes God will tell you to take some things out of the schedule. Amen? Little Johnny don't need to be at the skating rink at four in the morning and then, you know, out on the soccer field till seven at night. You know, let's, you killing little Johnny. Huh? Oh, but he's got potential. I think he's going to be a crackhead you keep this up. You understand what I'm saying? Little Johnny need to rest. And you do too. And so he said, great is your faith. Why is it great? Because it met, met every opposition that came against it. It wasn't that it was real big and he was impressed by it. Great faith means it has met every idea against it and got victory. It pushed everything out of the way that said, no, not you, not now, no how, no way. It ain't for you. It pushed all that stuff out of the way. And she received what she needed from God. And so her meditation was to hold the desire for her daughter's healing within her heart and not let it be taken out by disappointment. Amen? She also knew that they they looked down on her. And she was kind of like wondering if Jesus did the same thing. And when he proved out of his mouth that he was kind of saying the same stuff. See, they're saying and they're saying. When you say by revelation of God, it's the right thing to say. When you say by your bigotry and prejudice and religious pride, it's the wrong thing. So Jesus and the disciples saying the same thing. The disciples are coming out of pride, religious pride, and Jesus is coming out of revelation from the Holy Ghost. So he calls that devil out of her, that inferiority thing. I don't confess it enough. I ain't good enough. My faith ain't right. My faith ain't strong enough. All that, you gotta un- unwind that stuff out of you. Cause it's hun- hindering your, your faith from getting loose to get what you need. So her faith was great because she didn't give up. See, great faith do not give up. She started out somewhere in her. She was fully persuaded because if all of this was going to stop her, she never would have went to him in the first place. But she was fully persuaded it's worth it going through some verbal abuse and some crazy ushers and some this and some that if I can get my daughter healed. You got me? It's worth it. And so once you under get that in you, it's worth it. The challenges and overcoming the challenges, because I want my healing. Amen. I want it all. Once you understand it's worth it and you set out on that journey, you're going to have to be able to knock down everything that opposes you and conquer. Amen. Amen. So, so that's her. Um, she, when she was, was, she passed the test. Your faith will always be tested. It'll be tested by opposition. What's opposition? Ideas that say you can't, say it's not for you. So she was able to get all of that stuff done. 
How much time do I have over there? Seven minutes. All right. Why don't you go to, now I always get, Lord have mercy. I'm not sure which one to use. Let's try, I'm going to see, where I'm at, Matthew 9. This is the lady with the issue of blood. The Bogarten lady, her. Yeah, I like her. I like people who are bold and confident. What I said was Matthew 9. Let me see, where is she? Okay. All right. So uh, it says here in verse 18, while he spoke these things unto them, now see, Jesus would always teach, and that would ignite people's faith. That's what you got to understand about ministry. You got me? Uh, it, and I'm not talking about stand up and give somebody a sermon when they're in pain. You got me. God knows what needs to be done. But you have to lay a foundation or else you want to ignite people's faith. Some And, and sometimes uh, a gift of the Spirit in operation can ignite a person's faith. Amen. And so God will show you how to do that, especially in, in like a one-on-one situation. But Jesus had just finished teaching. And it says here, while he spoke these things. There came a certain ruler and worshipped him, saying, My daughter is even now dead, but come and lay hands on her, and she shall live. Jesus arose and followed him, so did his disciples. And behold, a woman, which was diseased with an issue of blood twelve years, came behind him, touched the hem of his garment, because she said this to herself, within herself. If I could just touch, see, it's very important what you say within, not without. Amen. That's how a lot of people get messed up. You know how church people, oh, praise the Lord, he's worthy. And inside, I don't even like her. I knew she was going to come up to me. Come on, y'all. This would go over big across the street at the Y. There's honest devils over there. No, she's not messing with you. She said, if I could just touch his garment, I'll be whole. Said that within herself. That's her meditation. That's her. See, she, that idea somehow got in her and stuck. It's the idea that gets in you and sticks that's going to bear the fruit. And see, she held on to that because that word started pushing her and propelling her toward Jesus. She says, I don't need to let him know I'm here. I don't need him to lay hands on me. Now, she was really violating the Old Testament law doing this. She was unclean. She was not, she was supposed to warn people she was coming. That's why she talked to herself a lot. See, sometimes it's good when people abandon you and don't want to have nothing to do with you and talk about you. Amen. Then you can sit up and talk to yourself. It's amazing what transformation can happen to you. You understand what you what I'm saying? She had a lot of time to talk to herself. I'm unclean. Don't come near me. Leave me alone, or you gonna get it too. You understand what I'm saying? This ain't I ain't right. So Jesus turned him. When he saw her, he said, daughter, be of good comfort. Your faith has made you whole. And the woman was made whole from that hour. Amen. Now, 
when Jesus, when she first came up, she said, if I could just touch his him, he felt that virtue went out of him. And that's what she didn't expect. She didn't expect him to notice her. She was going to go and steal her healing, go back home unnoticed, amen, and and live. But whenever you use your faith, God in in God sends his virtue into you, that virtue has to do a complete job. And see, what Jesus knew would happen to her eventually is she would have to go and present herself to the priest and she would have to be questioned, I guess, by unbelief. Because that's what happened to everybody Jesus touched. When they went to the temple, how'd you get here? Was you born blind? Ain't you the same one that was sitting out here begging all the time? What are you doing? How'd this happen to you? Who touched you? What did he say? What did and just stealing her healing, she would never have been able to hold up under the interrogation of the cops in the temple. Bad girl, what you gonna do when they, huh? That's, that's how they treat you. That's how religion, they interrogate you. I've been to religious churches, what they do is they circle you. If you're a visitor, about eight pairs of feet come rushing over where you are, and they surround you. They never get, bless you, sister, we're so glad you came. Huh? You get interrogated. Right. So when I saw that happen, I made up my mind I was not going back. Amen. That automatically put them on the no-fly list for me. Huh? Absolutely. You don't go where the Spirit of God is not present to welcome you there. I don't care how much they sang and hoop and holla and a choir can do this and do somersaults. I don't care about none of that stuff. And how much the preacher preaches with his great swelling words of man's wisdom. Amen. I ain't going back. Huh? I didn't had devils greet me all my life, and I know the difference. So, <laughs> keep going, huh? Keep going, Barb. And but but he wanted her faith to be able to hold up against the interrogation that he knew she was going to fa- face when she went back, because she was a Jewish woman. She worshipped at the synagogue. She had a right to go there and worship. Amen. But she was follower of Jesus. And in that one synagogue, they started putting people out if they followed him. You understand what I'm saying? And so that's that boy that was born blind. That's why they followed him around questioning him. And his parents didn't even want to answer for him. They said, go ask him. He's old enough to talk for himself. Because they were throwing people out if you spoke up about Jesus, if you followed him. Amen. Sometimes people throw you out of places for your own good because you ain't got sense enough to leave on your own. I'll say it again. Sometimes you get thrown out for your own good. <laughs> Amen. Because you ain't got sense enough to leave on you. I've heard people say something. Well, I know I got, uh, I pray in tongues, but God's got me there in that dead church so I can be a light to people. I said, honey, please. They don't want no light. Jesus is the light of the world. <laughs> 
You understand, we are secondary lights. We had to follow the big light. So the big light says, go, you go. But Jesus had to teach her how her healing came. He said, daughter, your faith did this. My anointing by itself could not have accomplished this. Because when she said, if I can just touch him, what's in him will come into me, and that's what's doing it. And Jesus corrected her. He says, no, that's not all the story. Your faith did that. Your faith is your permanent position, um, possession. And so you want to protect your faith. Because that's what's going to make all the difference. Because Jesus was anointed. There was all kind of people touching him. They didn't get nothing. How did she get it? It was her faith. Amen. And so that, that demonstrated to her and to everybody else that if you're not believing, you don't get nothing. Amen. But she used her faith and that's what pulled the, the power of God out of him so that he, it, her disease left her. And so when Jesus meditation and, and understanding will complete the picture for you. It'll complete the whole thing. Cause many times people can go to a place that's anointed and where the power of God is, is free to move and they'll get healed. There are many people get a healing. It lasts for a few days till they go home in an atmosphere of unbelief. And then they can't believe they felt so good so many days ago. And now they're right back in the bed and can't get up. Amen. And so we have to get understanding, folks. It's all about the understanding. Can you get that? Can you hold on to it? God wants us to know certain things. Amen. He wants us to know that we know that we know. So that when we are are faced with challenges after the fact, it won't be stolen. We'll know how to hold on to it. Amen. So in all our meditation brings transformation. Meditation brings understanding and meditation will bring that, that health word to you and cause it to manifest. Amen. All right. Why don't we stop? Father in heaven, we thank you for your word. We thank you for understanding. We thank you for all of the marvelous things that you're doing for us. Miss Nola, why don't you call it guys and we're going to touch everybody today as we have been doing on our Sundays and our, uh, Internet family will ask you it, uh, when I release the anointing and the power of God to you, uh, touch that screen and believe God for something miraculous to happen for you today. Amen. Believe him for great things that you will be changed and changed into his glorious image. Amen. That you will be changed and empowered. There's some of you who want to pray for the sick. And, and that, that anointing can be released to you if you walk in it. Amen. And so that's what we want to do. We want to make sure that you have everything that you need from the Lord today. Amen, amen, amen. So, um, uh, Rachel asked the girls to come in. Did Miss Nola get everybody? Okay. So we'll get everybody in and make sure we come in for our, for the touch of God. Amen. For the master's touch. Like the, the, uh, Syrophoenician woman said the crumbs from the master's table. She went over his head. I like that about her. Amen. Sometimes the rough girls can teach you a lot about how to get stuff from God. Hey! I like this God. Amen? Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Everybody in here?